Welcome to this week's energy show. Now, Florida is the sunshine state. They've got lots of sun. They have lots of heat. They have lots of humidity. They need a lot of air conditioning and electricity. And rooftop solar power, solar electric generation, is an absolute perfect fit for the market in Florida. But unfortunately, the Florida utilities don't want homeowners to generate their own electricity. It's kind of understandable because it's competitive. But nevertheless, as solar costs keep coming down and new financing programs become available, the market in Florida is starting to take off. So today, we'll get an East Coast solar perspective from the Sunshine State. My guest is Justin Hoisrat, CEO of Vinyasun. Now, Vinyasun helps homeowners in the West Palm Beach area to switch to solar, and they're expanding throughout Florida. He's got a great perspective on the Florida solar market, and also because some of his background, he's got a perspective on where the, the whole solar market in the U.S. is going to evolve. So welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, Barry. Thanks for having me on the show today. All right. That's good. Great. Well, first, let's just start off and tell us a little bit more about Vinyasun's business. Who are the customers? What territories? What is it that you guys do? Sure. Thanks. So Vinyasun was founded on a very simple idea. Basically, bring solar energy to homeowners in Florida at scale like never seen before in this market by providing them with clean, reliable solar energy at lower monthly costs than their fossil fuel utility provider, which is kind of hard because our rates here in Florida are pretty low. We've seen a lot of success solar through the lease and PPA and other markets and how easy those solutions made it for customers to switch to solar energy. And we really wanted to duplicate that success here in Florida. Despite certain political concerns, costs, and challenges, Florida has the makings of a major solar market. So basically, you have to find a way to do two things, keep the costs down and then also find financing programs that are really going to give people positive cash flow from the get-go, and kind of a fair deal on the, the improvement that they're making to their home without any, without anything holding them back if they ever try and sell their house. So what, what, is it, what, what are some of the tricks that you're using? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So in Florida, we have some really interesting regulatory challenges that have made PPAs and leases very challenging. So when we looked at Florida, we sought to design a model that offered all of the benefits of a lease and of a PPA, but with the added benefits of ownership to essentially skirt around some of these regulatory challenges that we have. Our customers basically are getting fixed, low monthly payments, We're giving them monitoring, lifetime maintenance, lifetime warranty and performance guarantee in writing. So basically, if it breaks, we fix it. If it doesn't produce, we promise to pay you the difference. Let's just talk about a typical homeowner in, say, the, the West Palm Beach area. How much is their electric bill, and then how much now, and then how much would it be once they go solar with Vinyasun after the monthly payments that they make? The interesting thing about Florida's customers is that they use a lot of electricity. We don't have the benefits like our brothers and sisters in California who have perfect weather all the time. We have heat, humidity, more heat and more humidity on a, on a regular basis. We had one day of winter this year, and it was yesterday, and everybody was pretty excited about it. It dropped below 60 degrees <laughs> in South Florida. So air conditioners are always running. So most of our customers, despite 
the average that most of the utilities prevail today is a thousand kilowatt hours a month. A lot of our customers are higher energy users. They see 2,000 upwards of 3,000 kilowatt hours every month on their, their average bill. And we're seeing that them, they're paying a, a relatively flat rate of about 12 cents a kilowatt hour across the state. And that's fully loaded with taxes and everything involved. There's still also some markets out there where you can actually see rates uh, approaching 16 cents a kilowatt hour. That's interesting. So you're you're looking at people that have you know two or three thousand or two or three hundred dollar monthly electric bills, and then those bills are just going to continue to go up as as rates go up. And then what are the fully loaded costs of the solar system once that's installed? So we're delivering most of our systems right around nine and a half to ten cents a kilowatt hour. So we're able to deliver about a twenty percent decrease off of most customers' bills right off the bat. Okay, so so you're saving them, you know, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month, and then that's a, a fixed savings. What the payments are fixed, but then as electric rates continue to go up, and they'll, they'll inevitably go up, then then the customer savings are going to continue to improve. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, right now, Florida Power and Light, Florida's largest utility, has just filed their their newest rate case, which they're asking for. 24% increase in their base rate over the next four years with an increased return on equity as well. So that's almost guaranteed to pass through the Public Service Commission, essentially, since they have just approved a new $1.3, $1.4 billion power plant for them to develop. So we can almost guarantee our customers at this point they're going to see at least a 2 to 3% increase annually in their electric bills. Yeah, those bills only go one way over the long term. I remember, heck, like 15 years ago or so when I looked at the Florida market seriously, I think rates back then were like 6 or $0.08 cents a kilowatt hour. So they've basically doubled over the last 15 years, and, and they're going to probably double again. It's just expensive to deliver that electricity. So you're based in the West Palm Beach area. What, what are the territories that you cover? What are some of the other cities that you're working in? So, yeah, that's right, Barry. We are based in West Palm Beach. We like to call West Palm Beach the Silicon Valley of Florida without all of the the money at this point. We're starting to see some hedge funds move to this area. So hopefully we'll have some of the horsepower that Silicon Valley has. But the markets that we cover are primarily the South Florida area. So Palm Beach, Broward, uh, and then parts of Martin County and St. Lucie County. And we see ourselves expanding over the next six months into the Orlando area and a little bit north where the rates are a little bit higher. But it's about a hundred, 150 mile radius. All right. So you provide, so the homeowners are going to get some kind of monitoring portal and you can kind of keep an eye on the system. Anything particular about the hardware that you're installing that that's optimized for Florida? Well, this year we really started to look at lowering our soft costs, traditional racking and traditional mounting systems. We've seen the larger players in the industry looking to reduce their installation costs and from balance systems to also their soft costs. So we really wanted to take on a product that allowed for us to eliminate a lot of the traditional hardware. And when we came upon the spice racking system, we thought that was a perfect fit to meet our goals. Absolutely. Uh, And given the fact that the frames are about 20% thicker, it also gives us that higher wind load and velocity that keeps the panels together on the roof. 
Yeah, well, thanks for that uh, little vote of confidence. When we developed the SPICE system, the frames of the modules were designed really, really thick so that they could support the, support the modules without any racking. And, and a really, really nice side effect is that they're much more rigid and it keeps the glass in there in high winds. So I, th- I think there's only a couple of other solar panels that will really work under, under those high winds. But anyway, we can, we can talk more about the hardware and things like that. I'd really like to get a little bit more insight into how you got started in the solar industry, what your background was, and why it led you to go to the customer side of selling solar to homeowners. Yeah, thanks. I'd be happy to answer that for you. It's been an interesting road for myself. You know, all of us in the solar industry have been pretty much called upon one another to change the way this world is powered. And failure just is not an option if we believe that our climate is changing and our world is getting warmer. And when I saw the, the opportunities take place in Florida, I knew that it was time to make Florida a, a market. You know, part of me, honestly, has been in the solar industry in one way or another for most of my life. The first car I ever drove before I even had my driver's license, strangely enough, was an installation truck at a family business before for picking up a swing set for my sister on her sixth or seventh birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's always been a part of me that's been involved in solar in one way or the other. I did start full-time in solar in 2003, though, believe it or not, uh, in solar thermal after finishing up at the University of Central Florida and leaving my internship at Oracle. Uh, It was an interesting time for the tech industry at that point in time. Thermal was basically the path like for any folks, most folks in Florida and in the early days in California as well. You know, the pool heating and some water heating. But honestly, I was really bored pool heating and water heating and then a 50-year-old technology that never seemed to want to advance any further than it had. And I really wanted to make a bigger impact. So I visited with some folks in California who were just starting in PV. And they had, you know, 100-watt BP modules stacked floor-to-ceiling and millions of dollars of purchase orders. And it just seemed like a dream come true. Hindsight, honestly, I should have moved to California or even Vermont then. And, but instead, I stuck it out in Florida fighting uh, for incentives and different policies. Yeah, that's a similar background to me. I mean, I started in solar thermal and, and it worked and it was it was a good solution. But the technology didn't advance because it was pretty much as advanced as it could get. It was thermal and you didn't have the leverage of silicon and, and semiconductors and electronics to really come down. But it's pretty encouraging and, and it's it's just great to hear more of these. You're still relatively young, but it's great to hear all these like old time solar stories. So what led you to start Vinyasun? You know, I really saw the opportunity that Florida had. You know, people have called Florida the sleeping giant. And, you know, the the smart money that's out there just isn't capable or willing to address this market because of the low cost of electricity. So I figured, you know, given my background, given the skill set that I have and the individuals that I know that were willing to move this market in the direction. It's truly a blue ocean at this point, and it's enough to make an impact and do some good. And I think once they're, once they're the one, one good quality installer that will lead the direction for many of the others who have been doing such a great job here over the last 20 years to grow their businesses aggressively to keep up, and you'll see the changes in policy start to make a real difference, at least make an impact on the installation side. 
that's for sure. Now, you mentioned policies, and you know, I read a lot about the Florida utilities opposing solar. So what's the story? Where, where does that stand right now? There's, there's kind of a, there's a legal impediment against third-party ownership of systems, so legally you can't use a lease or a PPA. And how is that going to evolve? You know, that seems to be over the last year that has been one of the hot topics of the Florida industry. And it's actually put Florida on the radar of of many of the folks in the industry, at least, in a way that it hasn't been in the past. But, you know, unfortunately, Barry, you can't always believe everything you read on the Internet. Um, Florida utilities have mounted an aggressive campaign to essentially derail the Floridians for Solar Choice campaign. But in doing so, they've also proven to our state policymakers that literally over one million registered voters are willing to put pen to paper in Florida to support solar energy and their property rights to put solar on their homes and businesses. So there there's some interesting caveats that have come about through both the utility campaign and the um, campaign that was mounted by the folks at the Southern Alliance for Clean Energy's Advocacy Fund. But there is one thing that I do know about Florida Power and Light's leadership. It's that they will not sit back and let you throw stones at them or threaten their regulatory business model without fighting back aggressively and without remorse. That's for sure. It, it, it's just interesting how that whole thing evolves. I mean, I see what's going on in Nevada right now. And and the more the utilities fight solar and, and the PUC comes out against homeowners having choice, the, the the more political support there is for it. it it's almost like I, I think they're better off just accepting it at a, a initially at a limited basis instead of making a big stink about it. Otherwise, a lot of the politicians are just going to get kicked out. Yeah, I think the, the response that we've seen in Florida is, is pretty typical and expected from the type of advocacy that was that was being run. And honestly, in, in Florida, you know, residential rooftop solar, even if there were 100 companies working today to deploy at the scale we have on our roadmap, it will make no impact on the utility revenues in Florida. More people move to Florida every day than our, than our industry is able to deploy in a year. Wow. So you know, the battle that we're talking about um, and, and the advocacy question of, you know, they're, that the utilities are afraid we're going to erode their revenue is just inherently untrue. And it's certainly not the message we want to send to our policymakers who ultimately depend on the political contributions of the utility. Um, and, you know, even our governor who ultimately has, you know, the idea of keeping business rates low, uh, energy rates low and stable to attract high quality companies to Florida. You know, our messaging should be of the fact that by accepting solar energy, we're giving people property rights, giving people a choice, and in fact, keeping residential and business rates low to keep Florida competitive, not trying to take down, you know, this Goliath utility that has all the funding in the world. um, And the political capital to spend uh, on a on a group of individuals poking sticks in their eye. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's interesting. So, so has that uh, ballot initiative and that big fight affected your business in any way, positively or negatively? You know, it, it's it's 
both positive and negative. Um, for those people who are actually uh, paying attention to solar, which unfortunately in Florida is not a vast majority of Floridians at this point, but those who are paying attention see a lot of it as as noise, and, and some of it is extremely confusing to the consumer. So when you are sitting down with you know Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner in the home, there is a lot of explaining around why PPAs aren't going to affect their investment decision and that net metering does in fact inv- exist and that they are legally allowed to you know lease a system or purchase a system and they don't have to sign some sort of ballot initiative or wait till next year's election to make the decision today. So it is very confusing, but at the same time, it does put the folks' eyes on installing systems. You know, people who are looking at it as an option tend to look at it more frequently when it's in the, the in the press. And it's interesting, you know, even what you had mentioned before is that leases are potentially illegal in Florida, but that is essentially one of the mythological characters that exist in the blogosphere is that leases are not allowed in Florida, which is actually inherently false. Huh. Factually, leases are allowed and also qualified as customer-owned generation in Florida and are allowed under Florida's B-rated net metering policy. The problem that we see with leases or the inherent challenge is that there is a certain task risks that make the uncertainty uh, of being taxed for your leased solar system economically unviable and with Florida's low rates. And then PPAs are conceptually uh, banned in Florida at this point. Right. So you have these unknown tax potential effects that just kind of scare people. But you, you touched on something that is a real big issue when you're selling residential solar. And, and I've seen it for forever, like 15 years here in California, is how easy it is for the homeowner, for the customer to get confused. And the simpler you can make it for them and the less jargon that you have in there and, and the more focused your sales pitch is, the easier it is for them to make a decision. And when they start getting confused, you know, they hear these things about my lease is going to be taxable and then there's a PPA and there's all these confusions about equipment and and net metering. The reaction of the customers is they just say, well, I'm not going to do anything right now. So what what you're doing at Vinius, and I think is really good, is let's just make it really, really simple. You know, we'll give you a good system, positive cash flow, maintenance, You've got a performance guarantee. You really have nothing to lose. And and that takes away a lot of the uncertainty that they have. That, that's just a great pitch. Yeah, thank you very much. And, you know, I actually even, uh, with what's going on in Nevada, that sort of has sort of trickled down into Florida with people being afraid. And I actually applaud CEO of, of FPL for actually standing up for his, the existing net metering customers in Florida. Uh, there was a recent interview uh, article that came out, I believe it was on E&E Publishing, that he had mentioned that if um, Florida Power and Light were to seek changes in net metering, which ultimately they have alluded to a number of times, that he would publicly seek to grandfather existing net metering customers in. And I think that gives people a lot of confidence when the CEO comes out and says something like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny and ironic um, and uh, that that the uh, top management of utilities, and I've seen that in California Utilities PG&E a bunch of times where, you know, even though they're sometimes opposed in the back, 
toward the residential or the commercial net metering policies and solar, the management are people too. And they, they, it is really good when they stand up and they say, hey, this is a fundamentally a good thing for us to do and let's work out a way to do it. So even though I'm sure we all butt heads with utilities like FP&L and PG&E, hats off to CEOs who stand up and say, you know, let's, let's try and work this thing out in a way it's going to be good for all rate payers and all taxpayers. So that's great. All right, let's let's just touch on a couple of the challenges that you have doing solar installations in Florida. I mean, you, you mentioned the things about high winds, high humidity, the different kind of rooftops. H- how are you overcoming some of those challenges? You know, what the the biggest challenge to overcome is ultimately the the thought that solar is super expensive. So by educating our customers that we're able to provide it to them at an immediate payback. It is almost it almost sounds too good to be true when we we have these conversations. Uh, the feedback that I'm getting from our sales team is people are apprehensive about signing up because they can't believe that they can actually do it without having the upfront cost that they're so used to hearing every single day uh, for the last seven or eight years. Every time they got a quote once a year, so that's the one thing that I think we're having an interestingly strange problem and challenge with is, is convincing the customers that somebody is willing to put up the uh, twenty or $30,000 for them and help them pay for it over time. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting challenge to say the least. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of South Florida, strangely enough, is a, a very heavily tiled landscape as well. So it, it does help when we, when we were selecting a, a partner, uh, and we came across the SPICE modules, we did see that it was a, a more robust framing system that does allow us to get our spans a little bit further apart so that we can actually uh, eliminate some of our installation costs when when dealing with the roof, specifically with, with tile installations. It, it can be pretty daunting on the roof for hours, removing re- tile and installing your mounting foot and re waterproofing especially if you're trying to do it right yeah yeah it's that it's always important to to get that done and get it done in a way that's going to last for the lifetime of the system or the lifetime of the roof the challenge you have of convincing people that that it's really true that they're going to a you know get positive cash flow and the thing's going to be really reliable that in my experience that gets easier as you have more and more happy customers and it certainly seems like you guys are on the right path to have lots and lots of referrals and and that just kind of adds up and makes it easier to sell the next job. So how can how can people find out more about Vinyasun? Where what's your phone number and website and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, great. Thanks for asking, Barry. The the best way people can get in touch with us is to check us out on the internet by either following us on on Facebook or on Twitter. We'd love to get some likes on Facebook, that's for sure. And our name is spelled V-I-N-Y-A-S-U-N, and that's vinyasan.com. And you can find us at the same spot on Facebook as well. Our telephone number is 561-440-9515. All right. And we'd be glad to hear some uh, some folks calling in, that's for sure. Yeah, call-ins are great. And then, you know, I... I, I... I always like it when people just go to our website and your website, uh, your, your company name is easier to spell than mine. So it's V-I-N-Y-A-S-U-N. 
And that's that's terrific. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us on the show today. And thanks to all of our listeners for also joining us. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcast. (laughs) 